Louder! Show me the money! That's it, brother! But you got to yell last time! Show me the money! I need to feel you, Jerry! Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! And we're back! Who's ready to get rich, Mike? We're gonna be loaded, Mike! This is another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar, our annual gambling preview and prediction show. I am your co-host, Mike One. I'm about to leave all you peasants behind in a sea of dust, gold dust, as it were. It's just going to be the outline of my body with a gold jewel-encrusted crown on top of it as I go down the path towards millions of dollars. Also, Mike's here, too. so afraid right now. Like in the Blair Witch, when she's in the tent. I'm so scared right now. Just huddled by yourself. Boogers falling out of my nose. Mike, please get off your phone. Stop making bets. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. We just recorded the interview with our special guest today, and he was melodic. Yeah. He was... He was something. He was selling me. He, he was, was selling me on a great interview. I'm very, very and, happy. And we've done... We've, we've placed our share of bets in the past, and we've had a blast doing it. However, a few lessons I've learned in my life have taught me not to always do it. And then, then again, I don't have a lot of money. so That means nothing. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me assure you, you don't need that. I have a lot of change that I've accumulated over the past month, though. If you throw that hard enough, it's a weapon that'll blind people and keep them from chasing after you. We could talk about that in a oh different episode. God. But for this episode, you've alluded to it. We have a great guest lined up. Who yes. is he? And what does he do, Mike? Rafael Esparza is the entertainment odds maker at mybookie.ag, the sports book over there. He's also the handicapper at Docs Sports Picks. He's been a Vegas gambling analyst, heard on ESPN Radio, Fox, CBS, and Sirius Radio. And you should subscribe to his YouTube channel yes. entitled Rafael Esparza Free Sports Picks and Predictions. Yeah, we're going to be using Rafael's betting odds to handicap most of the latter portion of this episode, where, as always, Mike and I will be making our official predictions for this Oscar Sunday. But first, we were lucky enough to have the chance to speak with the man himself, Rafael Esparza. Enjoy that, and we will see you guys on the other side. All right, on the line right now, we have Rafael Esparza, the odds maker of the Oscars this Sunday. Rafael, thank you so much for joining us. How you doing today? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. And, and I can't believe Sunday. Uh, who cares about there's no more football? We get the Oscars on Sunday. <laughs> I like it. Love it, Raphael. Thanks again for joining us. So we're dying to hear some of your origin story. We've been following you for a while. What got you into this line of work? And, and how and when did you find your way into the job of entertainment odds maker at mybookie.ag? Well, I worked over uh, for MGM Properties for the past, uh, geez, for what, 13 Super Bowls? We count Super Bowls as years. Not, so uh, I worked <laughs> for, their, for their sports books uh, for 13 Super Bowls and uh, opened up City Center, Aria, in, in Las Vegas. And I, I just, in, tw in 2013, I just, I called the quits. Uh, I didn't renew my contract. I didn't want to work for the man anymore. I was getting a lot of offers to do uh, odds for uh, different uh, scenarios for different websites. I love writing. I love just doing the crazy stuff. So I went on my own and I uh, did some stuff and I uh, love writing. Was working at the time doing a lot of consulting work for WWE, uh, writing nice. their uh, articles for wrestling, uh, for pay-per-view betting odds. And then I, I've always loved doing the Oscar odds. And I, I, at first it was just the Oscars, but then I think it was 2014 is when, okay, do the British ones. Okay, do the Razzies, do the MTV, do the SAG Awards. So then 
uh, once word got out that I was pretty much put odds on anything, now that I just get requests for the most uh, I have odds for the, the new Lego show that's on Fox <laughs> that's, uh, that just started. So uh, people ask me to do anything, I'll do the research, and I'll post a number on it. See, this is the most dangerous part of us talking to you, because I can be talked into placing money on pretty much anything, so it's like, yeah, that sounds great. Lego, let's talk about it. But I guess we'll try to stick to the Oscars for this episode. Uh, you mentioned you also do the ra odds for the Razzies, which I think is just incredible. But since you're watching so many films, and do you still, are you able to enjoy films as a fan and as a critic, or do you find yourself kind of just watching them strictly to kind of make the, the line as what it is in the books you work for? Uh, it's funny. I watch sports as a business, like the point spread and what am I going to do for tomorrow and props and stuff like that. Movies is my escape. I love watching movies. I watch it as a fan, as uh, as an escape of watching sports and as a fan just to relax, watch a great movie. And I'm very picky. I love great acting. I love great writing. I love great directing. So it's it, it, all that love of watching movies. It's, it's pretty much easy for me to do the odds and pretty much, you know, because I know all that stuff. So for me, it's an escape since I have to do so many crazy other odds. Uh, I use movies as my escape in the, e in the evenings and the early afternoons. Well, we're very happy for you in that respect yeah. for most of this film year, although the Razzie stuff, that, that scares us uh, <laughs> for you. We're scared for you in that regard. But, uh, you know, Mike One does this for me every year, and I'm sure you've listened to it. He basically teaches me, gives me a tutorial on how to read the betting odds and the numbers. I think I'm starting to get it. But, you know, for, for me as a refresher, for our audience, would you mind teach us, teaching us a thing or two about how to read those plus minus numbers? It's it's it, once you I, I I explain it then people are like oh my god I can't believe that's how easy it was I'm a do I'm a big <laughs> doofus but I'm gonna go with best picture I'm gonna learn how that's right now 1917 is the favorite it's minus 320 anytime you see a minus that means you have to put up to win something so minus 320 you would have to put 320 dollars just to win a hundred now I'm gonna use hundred dollar increments because it's a lot easier to explain so mm -hmm. 320 just to win a hundred. 1917 wins you get uh, you get your 320 back plus that hundred dollars now if you want to take let's say once upon a time in hollywood because your wife loves brad pitt and she, the only reason why she watched it was because he was in it <laughs> it's seven to it's seven to one so that means if you put a hundred dollars on once upon a time in hollywood and it wins not only do you get your hundred dollars but you get seven hundred dollars so you get a total of eight hundred dollars into that so, I mean, that's that's the danger of it, is that it is so easy to comprehend and just get hooked to, and, and then people, you know, like me, end up losing that, that kind of money. But it that's, does you sound know, wonderful, though. Vegas so. exists for a reason, and Raphael's able to make a living doing this for this a reason. This tone of voice is going to come out of my face the rest of the episode. <laughs> uh, Raphael, you've mentioned, you've mentioned to me that the lines move as the money comes in. I don't want you to get into specifics, obviously, but just kind of behind the scenes of doing what you do. Is there a benchmark or, like, a percentage or correlation that you can shine some light on with relation to how much of an intake results in line movement for something like this or something like a, a sports game or anything like that uh, especially in like the oscars and stuff like that line movement will come in two ways what uh what actors or movies have done at the golden globes and at the british awards and the sag awards and also uh, what money is coming in i would think that what past winners have done in those three events and money coming in will put a money swing Huge. For instance, uh, best international feature film. Let's, let's all face it. Parasite's going to win. It's minus ten thousand. I mean, yeah. just because they've swept up the board all over the place. So 
it's, it's going to be no secret. Now, of course, you want to throw some money. One of Pain and Glory, which is an outstanding movie, which I watched a couple weeks ago. They're plus 100 or plus 1,000. I think that's the only one that can maybe be pull off the upsets. But uh, I would say uh, what, what movies or actors or actresses have done at the Globes, at the British Awards, and at the SAG, uh, most likely we'll, do, we'll throw the money that way, and that's why we have to move it. For instance, Brad Pitt, we had to move it. We opened him up huge at minus $8, and he continues to get uh, bet up and bet up. Now he's minus 4000 So we're pretty much known that he's pretty much going to win this one. I don't see Joe Pesci and, uh, and Al Pacino from the Irishman. I think the Irishman gets goose-egged. Uh, if I was them, I wouldn't even show up to the Oscars, maybe stay home and watch uh, uh, reruns of The Big Bang Theory on TNT. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I think Brad Pitt easily, I mean, will probably win that at minus 4,000. That's why I put up prop bets today. Will Brad Pitt uh, bring a date to the Oscars? And will Brad Pitt uh, bring Jennifer Aniston as his date for the Oscars? Yeah, he can't bring he can't bring a date because the whole I mean all our hearts are banking on him and Jay and Jen like sharing that look on the red carpet, right? All our hearts, the, every one of us, everyone in America's hearts. <laughs> I, I I don't think he brings a date. I mean, he said it at the Golden Globes that he he didn't want to he, he didn't want to bring a date because he didn't want to be the front headlines of USA Weekly and all that stuff. But if he does bring one, I would not be shocked if he brings his mom or an aunt or a family member. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So speaking of Brad Pitt and, and these acting categories this year, we've seen a lot of sweeps. And Mike and I have done, we've gone down some rabbit holes in terms of stats and looking for exceptions to the uh, rules in Oscar history. I'm wondering how you factor in all those stats. Do you, do you go on deep dives like that? Or is the new changing academy something that speaks to you more and you're not going to be as much of a student of history there? Oh, no, I think uh, some categories for me when it comes to betting, when trends happen to plus money, I mean, look at for best picture. No one would have thought Green Book was going to win, and they were five to one. So uh, keep an eye out for Parasite and Once Upon a Time. Uh, I think those are only two plus monies I think that can maybe pull, I hate to say pull off the upset on 1917, but I think them two can, would not surprise me if they, if they were announced best actress uh, last year, uh, Olivia Coleman. She was uh, not. Everyone thought to Glenn Close. She was. We closed Glenn Close at minus two thousand last year, and oh, Olivia wow. Coleman won at four to one. So even wow. though you may think things are, are going to be a sweep, we all thought Glenn Close was going to sweep last year and, and, and didn't. We all thought uh, was it last year when the Spider Man won for best animated feature uh, at the Golden Globes. Spider Man was fifteen to one. The Spider Verse at the Golden Globes because yeah. everyone thought. Uh, I can't remember what the other cartoon movie was. Yeah, 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 Incredibles 2. So just because someone swept, I think there's, I I think Joaquin Phoenix for Best Actor and Best Actress, I I think we're going to see sweeps on those. But the other big favorites, and Brad Pitt, the other big favorites, I think we could see some upsets. Best Animated Future, Toy Story is a huge favorite, but Missing Link and Claws, I think them two have really, really good plus money, and I think they can bring home the, the statue. What is the the procedure as far as a, a big difference between doing this for entertainment and doing this for sports? Is it that the people you talk to, is it all just, you know, momentum and statistical driven? Or what would you say is the biggest difference or one of the biggest differences, if you could, between making the lines in terms of something like an award show versus an NBA game, for example? Well, it, 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 we're not going to take a million dollar bet on uh, on Joker at twelve to one to win Best Cinematography. So uh, the betting limits <laughs> are going to be a lot lower than uh, Oscars than they are for NFL and NBA games. But for, we'll take 
uh, more money on the Oscars than we will at the Golden Globes and at uh, the uh, the British or, or the SAG Awards, just because it's this is the creme of the creme. This is their Super Bowl, the movie. It's the, it's the Oscars, so we're going to get ridiculous amount of tickets written uh, on every underdog, not even including the favorites. So we'll take a little bit more money on the Oscars, but yeah, I think more people that that do this for a living will pick their spots. They're not going to bet every kid. They're going to maybe maybe pick two or three slots that maybe some good plus money can actually uh, uh, steal. They're not going to bet against uh, maybe Sam Mendes for best director because I think there's only one maybe dog, uh, Jung Hoo, uh, at five to one. I think is the only maybe logical. They may they they may look around and maybe best uh, best visual effects. I think there's some really really good uh, profits in there. The Avengers uh, Endgame at plus two ten. And uh, the uh, the Lion King at plus six eighty five. You know, the Lion King was horrible, but I, I think <laughs> uh, nineteen seventeen could get upset right there. I would not be shocked if it's Avengers Endgame, uh, just for they can stick it a superhero movie win over the Irishman with the Scorsese who say who he, he hates superhero movies. I would not be shocked if that one went, went that game. Oh, I love that theory on the backlash yeah. there. But you started to get into my next question, which is beautiful because, you know, I'm looking at your odds uh, the last couple of days. I'm looking at the undercard. I'm saying, you know, we've been doing this all year. I'm saying, like, I can have so much fun. I wish I had disposable income because I could have so much fun <laughs> betting the undercard. Animated feature, the screenplays, editing kind of stick out to me. So what other undercard uh, categories kind of, you know, intrigue you most as a gambler? Oh, I love uh, Best Original uh, Score. I think that's one uh, really underrated uh, category. Even though I think Joker easily uh, wins this one, that's why it's minus 850. But keep an eye out for 1917. I mean, uh, I've seen that movie twice. I I usually don't see that many Oscar movies more than once, but uh, Joker in 1917, I've seen multiple times. I thought 1917 was just brilliantly filmed and directed and made so uh but i i think that could be a live dog i love that one uh best production design i think is a really really good uh a category because you sometimes have a really interesting uh topics i was hoping jojo rabbit might have got some more love it's 60 to one but i i, I probably will put maybe five to ten dollars on that because I, I thought that for, for production design i thought was brilliantly made uh so for i guess i'm just betting through my heart on that one, but but my favorite favorite one has to be best film editing. I mean, it's uh, it, it always has outstanding five movies on it. Sometimes you maybe get a movie that well, I didn't even know that movie was uh, was this year and stuff like that. So uh, I think that's probably one of my favorites. Just as far as your appreciation for film, and you watch all these, and you you say you do it as an escapist, so you have to have you know personal preference. And for what it's worth, we share your sentiments about everything you said for 1917. Uh, that's obviously sounds like something that you're very very high on personally. Is there a nomination or a betting favorite that is kind of surprising to you that it's such a heavy favorite at this point, or even the inverse? Is there an underdog that you're surprised is such a long shot in its field as far as any of these lines? I'll give you two on best costume design. I know Little Women my, I, is minus three fifty as a favorite, but I'm sorry. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I actually thought that, that my sideburns were growing, and I was going to walk out with a mullet. That's how, that's how uh, I, I felt with just watching that movie. I felt I felt just the costumes and the way they portrayed. I thought that was brilliantly made. So getting that out that at six to one. Uh, I think uh, wrong favorite right there, even though money continues to come in on Little Women. 
I don't understand that. When I first thought of that movie, I thought it was the, uh, the A&E show about with midgets, but it wasn't. It was about a book that I fell asleep in the movie, but my wife loved it. So I'll give it that. But Once Upon a Time, Six to One, I think is a, a very good, interesting way. And I think the, the one that's probably I'm not talking about, that I think that should be a bigger favorite, like maybe minus 10,000, is Bombshell for, uh, for uh, best makeup and hairstyling. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I thought I was watching Fox News when I was watching that movie. Wow. It was the, the, way, the, the way the ladies looked throughout the whole movie and how they portrayed just everything and everything. I know everyone thinks Joker in it, but really, Joker, if this was Joker, Jack Nicholson Joker, then yes, best makeup and hairstyling. But let's face it, the only thing Joker really did was, boy, can he lose weight quickly. Uh, and I I think that was the only thing that really shocked me, but bombshell, uh, minus 10,000 and, and, uh, I said, Oh, a magnificent mistress of evil. I thought that should have been maybe uh, in the middle of the pack uh, being 40 to one right now. Uh, I think that was uh, really, really well made, but bombshell, that should be minus 10,000. I think that's probably one of the locks of the evenings that no one's talking about. You, you, you are repeating what we have been pounding the table about. <laughs> Honestly, it's so nice to hear you say that as a professional doing what you do because we feel the same about Bombshell. Uh, I just wanted to ask you specifically about one category. You kind of on, hinted on this already. It's a little bit of an odd year in that each of the four acting categories are such heavy favorites. I think people might be surprised to see, though, that as far as supporting actor goes, Margot Robbie, you have listed as the the underdog with the best odds, or I guess the closest odds to even money. She's an eight to one underdog. She's also the underdog with the best, uh, the closest odds about any of the four acting categories. I think the the second place at best is ten to one, and the other three. Why is Margot Robbie kind of second place in that category with those eight to one odds, as opposed to every other second place who's ten to one or more? I think she doesn't get the respect. I mean, here we are, it's the Oscar night or Oscar week, and everyone's talking still about the, some really good actresses and Brad Pitt and, and Laura Dern and stuff like that. But we see Margaret Robbie swinging a baseball bat trying to kill people on TV because her <laughs> new movie is coming. I think that kind of, uh, I think, hurts her a little bit, even though I think she's been brilliant. Uh, and almost every movie she's made, I thought she's well. She's a well actress. I, I love her acting. I think she takes on some great roles. Uh, I think that's why not that much love. And and I feel if I feel with disrespect to Kathy Bates, I mean I know Richard Jewell got bad reviews. I loved it. I remember watching totally. the Olympics and about. Yeah. I remember watching the news twenty four seven because oh my god, I can't believe Richard Jewell did that. And then I felt like a big doofus when he didn't do it. 40, she was brilliant as Richard Jewell's mom at 45 to 1. I, I'm a little bit shocked on that one. I thought she was going to get some love like we saw with a, uh, a Hardy movie. Uh, well, what's her name when I can't think of her name off the top of my head? Uh, who wants the best actress? Yeah, Allison Janney. I thought she was going to get that same type of maybe push, but she didn't. I think that's because the movie kind of flopped. But I think Kathy Bates, but I totally agree with you, Margaret Robbie. I think she should get some more love. Uh, I think she should have probably been six to seven one. But let's face, it, I think this is all Laura Dern's evening. Mm. So last year we had, I think, more variants in the precursors with uh, very, you know different actors winning this or not winning that. You know, the supporting actress Regina King wasn't nominated at SAG, then comes back and wins the BAFTA. You know, this year we're kind of wondering. 
you know, after the BAFTAs in particular, when do these lines kind of settle in? Because there's not a lot of upsets throughout the under throughout the main card, I would say. But then I guess undercard, you know, there there is variance. Can you talk about like the the last few weeks? Was it a bit of a roller coaster in some categories? Otherwise, it's kind of you know uh, streamlined in others, I guess. Yeah, there was a little bit uh, a push on some lower ones. I think for best director, for best director, I think Quentin Tarantino picked up some steam er, uh, early, then fizzled out during uh, the Golden Globes. Now that now we're getting some more, a little bit more steam on him. Uh, some tickets written uh, on that one. I mean, he opened up at plus five fifty and was all the way up to twenty two to one. Now he's back down to sixteen to one. So he's been teeter tottering uh, the public. I don't know if some of that public money is just becoming because of his name. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, but I think that has the best visual effects. Uh, it's been back and forth, back and forth. That we'll get uh, ten tickets written on Avengers game, and then we'll get fifteen tickets written on Nineteen Seventeen. So it's been back and forth, back and forth. That one, same thing as best animated. Uh, I would not be shocked if Toy St- if Claws is the heavy is not I want to say heavy favorite, but maybe minus one sixty, and maybe Toy Story will go back to even money. Uh, them two getting a lot, a lot of good action. Again, I took Missing Link at plus 13 to 1, I think is gr- a great value. But no, maybe don't throw all your bankroll in, but maybe put 5 or $10 <laughs> in just in case we see a big upset. But Missing Link uh, at 13 to 1, I think is a, gr- a, a really good bet. And another one, uh, where's the other one? Oh, uh, best uh, production design uh, between uh, Parasite and 1917. I would not be shocked if uh, we have to lower the odds for Once Upon a Time. It's minus 250, but took significant of action on 1917 for the past yeah. 24 hours. I would not be shocked if we have to lower a once upon a time's action. It's all sides. You're speaking all stuff that we kind of just and studying the Academy as film critics throughout the year. It makes a lot of sense and it's going right in line with what we've been hearing on this end uh, and seeing as well. Wow. Uh, so it's nice to know that the betters are kind of lining up, at least making some sense. Uh, still speaking about long shots, something you alluded to already, you think the Irishman might go over has that been the picture that's lost the most momentum? Because I think for my bookies odds for Golden Globes night, the Irishman was like a minus 200 favorite to win best picture drama. Now you had it listed at 55 to one or higher at certain points. Is that, is there any other movie that's kind of lost more momentum this award season since nominations than the Irishman? Oh, it's totally, and I, and I watched it and I wasn't impressed with it. I mean, it dragged out for the, I think the first half, I just think they thought the powerful names in that movie was just going to open up the doors and just cancel all the awards show, just give it all to the <laughs> Irishman and we'll watch reruns. Uh, and, and, and it didn't do that way. That's why I put the prep at the Oscar award, zero wins, minus 125, one win or more. Plus 105. I would not be shocked if they get goose eggs. Uh, I, I, I think uh, I think they banked on the names itself, and, and it wasn't that big of a movie to me. I thought I'm a little bit shocked at more Marriage Story uh, disappointment on an award show than I am The Irishman. That was. I mean, we we're starting to wrap up, but that was going to be one of my final questions too. Is that you know, if, if the Irishman is losing momentum, if Marriage Story is losing momentum because of what happened recently this past weekend at Bath, as you could say, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is losing momentum, what accounts for this? I mean, from your end, you're the one collecting tickets, you're getting all the input. Do you get any sense from speaking to anyone, from analyzing the tickets that are coming in, what accounts for why those films have just kind of fallen off the map as far as being true contenders in some of these categories? Other than obviously Brad Pitt and Laura Dern, who seem like locks. 
Yeah, that's why I think I think one of the big favorites goes down just because I, you mentioned uh, some steam has lost with some movies that were coming in with steam once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, I would not be shocked if maybe Parasite in 1917 just have monster, monster evenings. And that's all we're going to remember about is those two movies. But once upon a time in Hollywood, Marriage Story and the Irishman uh, all losing steams. So I can kind of understand about the Irishman, but totally blown away with uh with a marriage story and, and, and not really blown away about once upon a time in Hollywood. I think they're going to get their steam bag once Brad Pickett's on stage and, and, and all the girls go, Ooh, and ah, uh, that, that steam will come back. <laughs> so Raphael, uh, final question, I guess, uh, this was awesome. We really appreciate yes. this. Uh, wondering how you're spending your Oscar night. Uh, what, what are the plans? Are you in a war room somewhere crunching numbers, you know, working algorithms, talking to robots, or are you just, you know, hanging out kind of doing an Oscar party thing? Uh, I sit by myself on the couch with a glass of uh, Johnny Walker, probably gold. I don't, I, I don't normally bust out the blue when I'm sweating action. Cause I got to make sure I make money. On it. Probably That's a man after my own heart. Or Johnny Walker gold, or maybe the green label. Uh, with my computers on and uh, just waiting for the announcements and posting winners and trying to shoot stuff on social media because I do live tweeting during mm -hmm. uh, the Oscar odds to tell the public, hey, uh, Renell Zing, Zellwinger wins at Judy. She opened up at minus $6. She closed at minus a million. Uh, so <laughs> I, I try to put, try to uh, do all that fun stuff. But I usually try to get, be either with myself or my wife would be next to me, but she gets bored with all that stuff just because I have so much responsibility. I got to make sure that I, I usually post the events, maybe five to 10 minutes after they're announced to make sure they read the card, right? I don't want to post too early. I don't want to premature <laughs> post. <laughs> so uh, it's a usually stressful evening. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and I've, I've been in your shoes as far as having action on things that lead to heart palpitations. Okay. Uh, just last thing before we say goodbye, if you had to pick one, what is your favorite bet out of this card that you can muster? Ooh, I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue with uh, uh, Best Animated. I made a killing when Spider-Man upset the Golden Globes. And I'm seeing another upset. I, I, I Give me the missing link at 13-1. At, at I think it upsets uh, the, everybody else in there. I'm not sold on the wow. other two. I have no idea why Claws got such late steam uh, uh, on this one. I mean, it was, a, it was a good movie, don't get me wrong, but I really love the story of the missing link. I thought it was a phenomenal story and, uh, and the editing and all that was brilliant. So I'm going to pull off the upset and say, take the 13-1 on the missing link. There you go. From the man himself. I love it, Raphael. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Hopefully you. we can turn this into something uh, routine and have you back at some point talking more odds with us here. We love this. Anytime, guys. I enjoy talking about this. I guess we're not going to do a Razzie show, but anytime you guys need me. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we, we know, you know what? Let's see the nominations first, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> you guys have a great weekend. You, you too, too, buddy. Enjoy it. That was awesome. Our thanks to Rafael Esparza. You can check out his socials and where to find his work online at the end of this episode, just as we told you at the beginning of the episode. So go check out those uh, spots in this episode from here on out. Though, as we have done the last two years, it is time for the official Mike, Mike, and Oscar predictions for the Oscars. And what we will be doing is going category by category, reading the odds off of the current listed odds from mybookie.ag. Just a disclaimer, some of the odds actually, he must have posted them right before we called him yeah. because they changed from the odds we had going into that interview. So that's why if you hear a different number at this part uh, than what we asked him about, 
that's the difference and that's why. But to let you know, we will be reading off every odd of every nominee, and then we will be talking about our bets, our predictions, and maybe try to give you some hope as to where you can find the most value as well. Let's start with the biggest category first, Michael, best picture. 1917 is minus 320 as a favorite. How strong of a favorite would you say that is, Mike? Pretty strong. Uh, that's a pretty strong favorite. It's not nearly at, like as lock territory as the acting category numbers we'll talk about, right. but it's pretty hefty. Parasite is plus 250. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, plus 700. So the tier we had there, one, two, three, played out, mm-hmm. at least with Vegas, with Raphael. Joker is plus 1,200. And I'm a little surprised there that Joker is in the four slot. A little bit, yeah. I would. I thought all along the Irishman was there, but the, if you look at these odds, the Irishman is falling off a cliff. We said that, but then again, we kind of flummoxed around with who we thought was in the four mm-hmm. spot. I don't remember. One of us, I thought, said Joker at one point, but then I thought we said JoJo. I don't I, remember. That's what's of... surprising to me is that JoJo has worse odds than, than the Irishman right now. So the Irishman's plus 6,500, and JoJo's plus 7,000. I would not have power ranked him as such. No, me either. I'm, not, I'm surprised not to a couple see that. Weeks and ago. I would have thought JoJo's odds were closer to like forty to one. Like, by having plus seven thousand, seven thousand, that's seventy to one odds. I don't know. I, I mean, I know it's not going to win Best Picture, but I thought it was in the top four or five. Well, now we kind of know it's not going to win Best right. Picture, right? I mean, we were kind of wondering if it was a sleeping hoping, giant. Hoping, yeah. Hoping, maybe. Yeah, I don't know about hoping. I don't I don't want to see JoJo win this year, particular year, right? JoJo's the kind of movie I want to see win in a year where I don't like the favorites. In a Shape of Water type year? Yeah, yeah. in that kind of year, where it's like a cool indie movie that maybe people like, and I'm, I'm, I'm cool with the like pick. I can get down with that. I, All I, right. I agree. Marriage Stories plus 12,000, Little Women plus 15,000, Ford v. Ferrari plus 17,500. If the preferential balloting goes this way, when do you think 1917 hits the number? Right after Ford v. Ferrari? No. After uh, Little Women or after Marriage Story? Because all three of those, I could see crossover push those votes into the pile of 1917. Yeah, I think it'll take probably, I I would start, thinking about it after marriage story like this is not a good system because the people who made the worst selections that have the taste that does not line up with the majority those people are going to get their ballots redistributed to the point where it's probably going to crown a winner yeah whereas if jojo and joker were at the bottom here and they got their ballots redistributed, yep. I would guess Parasite would get more. I was going to say the same about The Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've said for the while, I think there's a lot of crossover appeal between those two films. If you're going to vote for one at number one, you could likely vote for the other one at number two. You're not going to get the redistributed. You're absolutely right. right. There's a lot so of problems with preferential balloting. Let's say something like, you know, we got a three-way tie, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the big three are still alive. It mm-hmm. comes all the way down to Joker, Mike. We knew it was going to. Joker's votes get redistributed to the big three piles who wins. Probably Parasite. Wow. I have said for a while, I think a vote for Joker is a vote Parasite won't get. Hmm. And they are clearly the two darkest themed or toned movies in this field. I just feel like if that's the type of movie that appeals to you, you're going to go for one over the other. Now, the giant wrench in that whole line of thinking is you're still going to have this old section of the Academy that I firmly believe and god knows if you read the hollywood reporter today they exist (laughs) they're just gonna hold things against certain pictures that aren't american pictures well based on that article that you're referring to on the hollywood (laughs) reporter that scott feinberg did such a wonderful job you know compiling 
I would say that voter would, you know, if if her vote was in the Joker pile, that would go to Once Upon a Time I in agree. Hollywood. I agree. With that one specific ballot, I would agree. I didn't think those two had the connection, though. And it make it kind of makes sense a little bit because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you got to be a little evil to like yeah, it. Yeah, if right? you appreciate Tarantino's body of work and think he should win Best Director, you could see... You gotta have a mean streak, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's that I agree. kind of movie with a, with an edge For done sure. better. For sure, I would say. So, all Once right. Upon a Time in Hollywood's gonna win. Like I said all year, it's fine. Just well, accept it, embrace this, it. This is the transition time now because <laughs> you gotta make your pick. Yeah, it's it's a here. It's finally uh-huh. here. Who is your pick for the best picture winner of 2019? Michael. So. <laughs> Stalling again. I have to pick Hollywood. I have, like, I have to at this point. I am gonna write this in. I have to. Let me explain for a minute. It's not gonna win. I'm aware of that. And if I were to place a bet, if I were trying to make money on a best picture bet, okay, I'm betting the favorite. I'm betting 1917. I'm gonna overpay the value for that to get the the sure money back. I'll probably do half a unit on Hollywood and I'd probably do two times over or three times over in 1917 to get two or three units back. Um, that's from a gambling perspective, what I, how I would approach this because I am a professional wrestling heel and have been on this podcast all year long (laughs) with regards to this film. I have to say once upon a time in Hollywood is my official prediction and I will do so even though I know it'll probably be wrong. You all better pray to God it's wrong. <laughs> I know. Now you put me in the position of rooting against my favorite movie of the year. How did this happen? I can't believe you did this to me. Yeah, I thought you were going to go in 1917, and then we could both be pleasantly surprised, and we can high-five like Top Gun GIF. No, like now I, we can't. Like now, I told you, the two articles that no. came out in the Hollywood Reporter today, I was done. I was like, I, I know it's 1970. I've been objective all week. I've been thinking about it rationally. And they just gave me hope, goddammit. I'm seriously angry right now because the <laughs> level of insufferability, if that's a word, that you're going to yeah. be if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wins, it's not worth the win to me. I'm nodding my head I'm, vigorously. <laughs> I would relish that win otherwise. But now if you get it right and he's dancing, he's doing the, uh, the robot over there. If you get it right and I get it wrong, not only are you not going to let me forget it, you're not going to let anybody forget it. Um, it'll be the greatest prediction <laughs> In the history of not only this show. <laughs> All right. I'm going to rip my shirt like Hulk Hogan when right. that post-Oscars. Right. Yes, you're right. But go ahead, Mike. I'm 0 for 2 on picking Best Picture. And I'm picking 1917 today. So full disclosure, I've been doing this for two years. <laughs> 1917 is my pick this year. I'm 0 for 2 on Best Picture. Does that mean Parasite's going to win? Because I think you're 0 for 2 as well. I am, yeah. We have, we do not have the best track record. I know I picked Black Panther last year. I know I remember that was you twenty-five picked get to out one. And Black Panther. Get right? out the year before. I couldn't remember when I picked the year before. What were your two picks going in? I don't remember. I don't remember either. It wasn't. You might get have out. been. No, it wasn't Get Out. I thought I was going to say you might have been on Get Out with me, but I don't remember. That would have been the cool pick. I never picked the cool well, pick. Yeah. Because I always think the best. I was so young and naive then. Yeah, my favorite movie's not going to win. He said while just proclaiming that Once Upon a Time <laughs> in Hollywood is going to win, even well, though it's won nothing. Last year I said Roma, but now Roma. I'm wondering if Roma was in this year's Best Picture field, if it would fall down like the Irishman and Marriage Story. You know, Roma being in this, what do you think it would hurt more? Would it hurt 1917 or would it hurt Parasite more? Roma's niche like Parasite is, but it's a 
international it would feature be, like 1917 is. It would be one hell of a cinematography category. That's all I know because the right. cinematography. In yeah, it's true. Yeah, I have no idea. That's yeah. a, that's a crazy question. My guess is that it'll hurt 1917 a little bit. I'm I think not... I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you out of those two because Parasite's just such a different movie. Right. Right. All right. So 1917 is your official pick. It's my official pick. And. You're going down swinging. I have to. Or I don't have a choice. You're just going to be like, <laughs> throw the greatest oh, celebration party in the history of anything. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to be you. I'm just going to live the next year in that Rick Dalton yellow turtleneck and brown leather jacket. Oh, guys, I'm I'm serious. If he gets this right, it's going to go on and on for years. Pull my shirt up every chance I have and draw a six pack on my gut and magic marker. He's going to tattoo it somewhere. <laughs> on himself exactly watch nothing but Sharon Tate movies from oh here on out oh my goodness gracious let's go Hollywood alright best director Michael what are those odds Mendes is minus 1,000 that's a pretty pretty big lock meaning you have to pay $1,000 to get 100 back Bong Joon-ho plus 500 Tarantino 16 to 1 or plus 1,600 right now Scorsese plus 4,000 or 40 to 1 Todd Phillips plus 6,000 or 60 to 1 Michael who do you have so are you crazy first of all are you crazy to put any money on the other four guys or is Bong Joon-ho like worth it? I'm trying to leverage the underdogs that exist, but just only because Bong Joon-ho seemed like such a lock in this category pre-Golden Globes. Hmm. I don't think getting 5-1 to one odds is a terrible bet if you're looking for an upset somewhere. I would be shocked, but yeah. I, I, I would be less shocked if Bong pulls out this upset than I would be, say, if Joe Pesci beat Brad Pitt at this point. And when you say sprinkle, you mean five dollars? You mean like ten here and there? Or you yeah, talk, yeah, yeah right. you know, like a quarter of a unit, half whatever you do for your standard bets. Yeah, that terminology scares me so much. <laughs> All right, I am picking Sam Mendes from 1917, of course. I am as well. It's just undeniable. I'm trying to approach the rest of this ballot seriously and not go into the well. If Hollywood's actually going to pull off the upset, then this is what needs to happen. Oscars puzzle downward spiral that this is turning I into. I approve of this. Good, so good. we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> Lead actress Mike Zellweger is a minus 2200 favorite. That's huge, right? That's very, very big. And it's just for perspective, we just talked about Mendy's. You got to pay a thousand to get a hundred back. Well, Zellweger is twice as heavy a favorite in this regard. Jo More Han- than twice as heavy. Yeah, Johansson is plus 1000. Arrivo in the three spot. Surprised about that. Plus 2500. So that's cool. Theron is plus 3000 and Ronan is plus 3000. Both our picks are Renee Zellweger. Ronan should not be the longest of long shots or tied for fifth, fourth in this category. Yeah, she's just too young. She's not going to get the, the win, and they're going to both. Are win. you surprised Scarjo's second? I'm not surprised Scarjo's second. I'm surprised Arebo was third. Yeah, I mean, same here. But th- that is cool. So happy. I wonder what happened to the buzz we were hearing about Charlize when Bombshell first came out to critics. I thought she might pull off the upset at SAG still. She didn't, I, I obviously. Think, you know, for me, that means they just saw the movie. And I saw Could the be. movie, and I was Could just be. not thrilled with the yeah. performance. You know, Arrivo delivers the goods. I wonder if this is a indicator, Mike, that the, these odds are much better for her than I thought. Or worse, or what, how, what's the terminology again? I'm still confused about that myself, but they're Mike, lower. <laughs> they're lower, so that means they're better. Depending on how you look at it, yes. Darn it. I think Arivo <laughs> is, her stock is soaring. Can it we... seems to be that way, yes. So if, I wonder if that has an effect on the original song category. It's what I'm trying to get to. It's an interesting point. It also is worth noting how it's how she's going to be perceived in future Oscar nominations going forward as well. Yeah. Just consider her, is this enough of dues paid in terms of the Academy's mind? Sure. 
Lead actor, Michael. Joaquin Phoenix. So, Renee Zellweger is the heavy favorite at minus 2,200. Phoenix even more so at minus 3,300. Adam Driver is in second place at 18 to 1 odds plus 1,800. Leo plus 5,000 or 50 to 1. Antonio Banderas plus 7,500. And Jonathan Price bringing up the rear at 80 to 1 or plus 8,000. Michael, what do we got? Well, we have the top three right you know, all year, except there's been a separation now. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix has run away with it. So, of course, I'm picking Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pick Joaquin Phoenix, but I will throw in something. We asked my brother to send along his picks and his predictions oh, uh, about all these categories, and we asked because we thought it would be fun. We might do more with this, something like this in future years, but just for this year, somebody who does not follow the Academy Awards at all has mm-hmm. only seen some of these movies. Basically, we wanted, like, a control pick in the way that somebody who always wins your March Madness pool, like Sharon from accounting or (laughs) Joe from plumbing or whatever. I don't... What do offices have? What are their divisions? Anyway, uh, somebody like that who doesn't really know, somewhat knows what's going on, but have them give blind predictions. Uh, and he picked Leo to win, which would just, I would be awesome. That would be great. Uh, best picture, he picked 1917 so far. Uh, and best actress, he did pick Sir Ronan. So he's going with long shots. Good save of just remembering that your brother <laughs> stayed up all night. I May- forgot. Yeah, me too. Into Anyway, supporting actress Laura Dern is an, another heavy favorite, minus 2,000 here. Though it's interesting that she is the most vulnerable of the big four acting categories, correct? Something you've been high on saying. I still wouldn't have picked her to be of the heavy favorites the most vulnerable, but yeah, the odds certainly suggest that. Margot Robbie is plus 1,200. Florence Pugh plus 2,000. Johansson's plus 2200 and Kathy Bates is plus 4500. Michael, what do you think of these odds? Like I asked Raphael about, I'm very surprised Margot is second. Mm. She is not who I would have predicted. I would have predicted Florence Pugh, seeing Pugh third there. Her odds have been getting, I can't, I don't know if to say getting better or getting worse. Just say increase or decrease. (laughs) They've been increasing or decreasing. They've been decreasing. Yeah. Well, she's gotten a lot of buzz, right? I I kind of expected her to do well and pull off an upset at the BAFTAs. You know, we're just... It doesn't matter. (laughs) Laura Dern's winning. (laughs) All these acting categories are what they are. Schmave also picking Laura Dern. I agree with Schmave. Laura Dern's going to win. Supporting actor, Michael. Brad Pitt, minus 4,000. So he is the heaviest of the heavy favorites thus far, being uh, about 700 more than Joaquin's odds at minus 3,300 in the lead actor category. Supporting actor Pitt leads the field at minus 4,000. Al Pacino and Joe Pesci, both from the Irishman, both very close at plus 2,000 and plus 2,200 respectively. Tom Hanks is sitting at 30 to 1 or plus 3,000. Anthony Hopkins plus 5,500 or 55 to 1. We've been saying a long time of the acting categories that all seem like they're going to be locks. This is the lockiest of the locks. This turned out to be the lockiest of the lock. Brad Pitt's Plan B production company probably puts him over the top. It's also a terrific performance. It's in both of our top fives. It makes sense. I also laugh at the fact that when we did these odds earlier in the day, Joe Pesci was in second and then Pacino was in third. And now Pacino, it's just... It's basically what's been going on in your brain. In my brain, (laughs) what I've said is going on with the Academy because it's going on in my brain. And I'm glad (laughs) to see my brain playing out amongst other people. So that's funny to me. But our both our pick is Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, Schmave, uh, man after your own heart, going to pick Joe Pesci at 22 to 1 for the upset. That would be big money, Schmave. Big Ad- money. Adapted screenplay, Michael. Jojo Rabbit is minus 230. 
This is different than than what it was a couple weeks ago, I imagine, because Little Women was probably the front runner for a while, plus 150. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you got the uh, WGA and Baptist coming in differently there. Little Women still won the scripter, so I'm not necessarily throwing Little Women out yet. The Irishman is plus 1,300, Joker plus 5,500, and the Two Popes plus 6,500. I am surprised that this category is down to two, really. I, I'm less surprised it's down to two. I'm kind of more surprised that the Irishman isn't considered dead. 13 to 1 isn't outlandish odds, especially for a third place in the category as far as these five okay. go. I mean, you could hear it. We were talking about 22 to 1s and 30 to 1s in other categories. Big name there, Steve Zalian. Huge obviously. name, huge name. I still would expect it to be either JoJo or a Little Woman. And if you're looking for kind of an easy or lower risk long shot, it makes sense to go Little Women. And like you said, the USC Scripter Award has been very predictive about these things, and they went with Little Women. If you can get money and a half back on your bet, it could be a wise bet to do. This is a category I may change on Sunday morning. <laughs> Just <laughs> FYI, that's still in play, folks. It's still in play. But right now, I'm going with JoJo Rabbit. I am going to follow suit. I, too, will have JoJo Rabbit. I hate betting favorites, but I also have no success as a gambler, so those two things <laughs> might be correlated. Dashmave is going with the Irish for what it's worth, taking those 13 to 1 odds. All right, cool. Original screenplay now, Mike. Parasite, minus 250. It's the leader in the clubhouse. Once upon a time in Hollywood at plus 150, or uh, about the same odds that Little Women has in the adapted category. Marriage Story, plus 1500. 1917, plus 3500. Knives Out, back of the field at plus 4400. What do we like here, Michael? I like Parasite. I like the, the late surge, but it's more of... A total surge all across the board for me. I think Parasite's going to do pretty well at these Academy Awards. So I, I think it is going to, you know, it's not just an original screenplay feat here. It's a Coattails nominee as well that is having a lot of success at recent precursors with the WGA yeah. and the BAFTAs. Tarantino won the two wrong awards, yeah. I think, with the Globe and the, the uh, least amount of the Academy Critics' Choice. So, there. yeah, I have, to, I have to go Parasite. Is there any world in which preferential balloting breaks? four once upon a time in Hollywood, but they still don't win this category? That's a great question. I would be surprised because, again, I think you need a lot to go Hollywood's way over Parasite and really over 1917. So this would be one of those indicators that the night's going towards once upon a time in Hollywood, that that people had it wrong, that people that bet Tarantino heavy are going to make out, make out like bandits. So I would be surprised to see Hollywood lose this award and win Best Picture. I would too. Clearly, it just it doesn't make sense just in general terms. I'll replay this later, and, <laughs> or you'll replay this to me later as part of the scoff campaign that I you go on for the whole next folder of drops. Six prepared. months. <laughs> so that was a setup, folks. That was a setup. I am going to still go with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, if for no other reason than because. We said going into the WGAs... I mean, the yeah. BAFTAs have really changed this narrative more than anything. I think if the BAFTAs didn't happen, then we're still thinking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood probably is the favorite in this category. Probably. Um, because the BAFTAs happened, all of a sudden everyone wants to change that narrative. We know the BAFTAs have a high crossover with the Academy, but they're still not the Academy, and they're not the ones... It's not just them voting on this. 
I don't feel great about either screenplay category right now, and you may be able to convince me. They're the most wide open of the biggest ones, I think. You you may be able to convince me by Sunday morning, which is the last chance (laughs) change. uh, Will be one of our segments, last second changes and predictions, so if you want to hold your money until then. Every year, do it. Hold your money, period, folks. Disagree. Hard disagree, except for Schmave, who is going with knives out in his prediction (laughs) at plus 4,400. Well, he's making bank if he gets it. We apparently have a genetic problem in this. Family. Oh my god. <laughs> Visual effects, Michael. 1917 is minus 180 and a leader in the field. Avengers Endgame at plus 210. The Irishman is plus 600. The Lion King eerily close at plus 675. And Star Wars plus 1800. We just heard Raphael Esparza talk to us about how uniquely close this category seems to be. And if you look at the longest of the long shots being only 18 to 1, you have two third and fourth place around 6 to 1 or a little more than 6 to 1 in the Irishman and the Lion King. This one could, I could see this going any which way, I would think. If 1917 is going to have a great night, they're winning this category. Avengers Endgame, just on the eye test, has better effects, I would say. I'm a little surprised that the Irishman's in third, but I think they're betting on old people that don't see very well in the academy and they're (laughs) thinking about the median age. No offense, but offense! It shouldn't be in here! All right, uh, 1917 has been surging late again. It's getting editing credit, like I've been saying for a while now. I wonder if in a strange new world of the Academy, you're giving editing credit to a gimmicky movie like this, and it is. You know, you're giving that editing credit here instead of best editing. But this is this is the, one of the tight. This is the tightest category we've talked about so Certainly. far. Of, you know, one to four, really one to five, of course. I'm going to continue to go with 1917, but I don't feel great about it. I thought this would be a lock category for the Irishman. If nothing else, if everything else goes wrong, I thought they would at least get the benefit of wow, how audacious was Marty's picture, mm-hmm. and get the VFX thing for their de aging. I kind of want to go crazy and pick them, even though six to one again, it's not at all nuts. I'm going to go 1917 on the theory that the Academy has had their fill with giving comic book movies their shine. Hmm. And they say we gave the Joker 11 nominations. That's too much already for a comic book movie. So let's vote for other things. And again, this category in recent years especially has gone towards the practical effects side. I wonder if they listened to our Lion King episode where I was like, they didn't emote. These cats have no personality. (laughs) And they actually took points away from the Lion King. But then again, talking about your precedent argument, we have precedent with a Jon Favreau live action reanimated movie or whatever you want. <laughs> want to call it winning already and yeah. do we really want to do that again as a vfx branch as a as, a, as an academy so 1917 kind of makes historical sense i wouldn't be surprised if they just went for the big budget look of avengers endgame though either it wouldn't shock me especially with the idea that we need to get more people watching the academy awards so we'll call avengers endgame an oscar winner and maybe that you know it might get things. that strange it was snubbed bump Bump back into In the VFX, that'd be interesting. Yeah, it could. Anything could happen. Yeah, it's certainly possible. And it has to have fans, right? It's still a Disney movie after all. Us. We are the fans. <laughs> but yeah, of course it does. Schmave is picking that. He does pick Avengers Endgame. Well, he might be dead on there. Animated feature, Mike. Toy Story 4 is minus 150. Claws is minus 115. That makes now, no sense to me. That means Toy Story 4 is the... Heavier favorite. Heavier favorite. Okay. Missing Link is plus 1350. You heard Raphael talk about those odds. Yeah. That's fun to bet here. Uh, I Lost My Body is plus 3000. How to Train Your Dragon 3 is plus 6000. I'm picking Toy Story 4 because it's the right pick. 
<laughs> I I am tempted, let's just say, to pick Missing Link based on his endorsement there because that that just seems like a fun thing to do. And if we're right, we can high five over the internet. However, I'm gonna stick with Toy Story Four. Claus can't to. win this. Claus should not win you this. You don't want I, Claus to be the legacy in this category and be the upset from the Pixar trends and all this. I remembered so many other things I disliked about Claus. I had to watch it twice because I was so bored during my first watch that I had to put it on again immediately afterwards. Because I was like, I didn't get any yeah, of that. None of this went So in, I, yeah. I actually shut the laptop. I watched it from start to finish the next day or whatever. Uh, no, it might have been immediately afterwards. Like I thought Just I misspoke before. Started it back up at the top. It might have been later that night. I was during the morning. I was working on shit. You've named anyway. every part of a day so far. As it was later that so night. Much, okay? No, now I'm remembering. <laughs> I put it on later that night and I did not enjoy it. I and don't, was, yeah, I, it was I mean, fu- it's fine. It was okay, but I just did not enjoy it. I didn't like the ending. I didn't like it that they gave it to the stupid white kid. I, yeah, I mean, preach. You've, you've been saying this for reminded me of a, with you. Remind me of a 1980s movie. Let's just give it to the <laughs> stupid white kid. Are you more surprised <laughs> that Claws has no value, costs money to make a profit with, or are you more surprised that How to Train Your Dragon 3 is the longest of long shots at 60 to 1? I'm a little surprised about How to Train Your Dragon so 3. I. I thought it would be second or third place at worst. Because it's a really feel-good movie, and it's really well done. Yeah. And the, the past movies, you know, you, you could talk about giving it a trilogy bump, in yeah. a way, to honor the whole the whole, the whole series. I You could see it. I think it's worthy. I don't, you know, of the other options, other than Toy Story in this, I haven't seen Missing Link, uh, but I, I would be okay with How to Train Your Dragon winning animated feature. I've seen worse animated yeah. feature winners in the past. But... Again, Schmave going with the long shot. How to Train Your Dragon 3 wow. animated feature. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Cinematography, Michael. Minus 5,500. This is a huge favorite. Yeah. 1917 Roger Deakins is winning this, isn't he? This is over. Once Has upon, been for a while. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is plus 1750. Joker plus 2200. Lighthouse plus 3000. Irishman plus 3300. We both pick. 1917, as does Schmave. Cool. <laughs> All right, my production design. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's the favorite. <laughs> Minus 250, 1917 at plus 200. Parasite plus 400. Again, a very, very close race between those three. Among those three, my English teacher is weeping somewhere. The Irishman plus 3,300. Jojo Rabbit plus 6,000. I originally predicted Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm debating whether or not I want to stand by that guess. Talk to me one way or the other. <laughs> I'm sticking with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because at the end of the day, building your own house, all right, that's great. I think building 1970s Hollywood mm. and changing the whole city to make it look that way is is incredible production design. And then driving around said city, I just think quality is, I mean, is, I'm with is there. Yeah. I think you know, I think set designers got to look at that and just go nuts. And, I, and it's such a it's such an obvious thing that they did that they got to go nuts. I wonder when the it's a Hollywood movie about Hollywood, when does that come into play? Like, at what category does that affect production the design? I think it's production design. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if that'll be a factor at all during this. Oscars. The one where I'm picking it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll stick with it. I'll say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've already, yeah. <laughs> in my Oscars, in my picks, this is what I didn't want to do. I'm going to pick it for everything, but I, this, whatever. This is the blind leading the blind. <laughs> Original score, Michael Joker is the favorite at minus 850. 1917 is plus 325. Little Women plus 1250. Marriage Story plus 3300. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker plus 4500. Got to keep up with this schmave. Also picking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Would. As far as original score goes, we've had no reason to pick anything but Hilder's work mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Joker. It's what I'm going to predict as well. Minus eight fifty is a pretty hefty price tag. Uh, you know, that's we're talking almost three times as much of a favorite as 1917 is for Best Picture. This happens a lot where somebody wins and then you're like, oh, that's a good moment for them, and then they win again. I was like, oh, maybe they are the favorite yeah. this year. Well, they're having a great year. It's a lot of momentum, and then they win again, and we're like, <laughs> wow. But this other person was supposed to win. Right. We were talking months about this other person supposed to win. They could still save it. And then she wins again, and you're like, she's winning, <laughs> yeah. finally. Well, that's exactly, yeah. You're, I mean, you described exactly what happened here. No matter the great year in score we have, I will highlight the only thing. Plus 325 for second place for 1917 is, is pretty low for something going against a minus 850 favorite. Hmm. So... Maybe there's some money there on the books for for 1917 as well. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, I'm going to pick Joker. Yes, I'm picking Hilder as well. Schmave going with the long shot, Star Wars. Very good. Very good. <laughs> original song, Michael. Rocket Man, I'm going to love me again. Equal odds to what Joker's original score odds are at minus 850. And just as an example of how much closer 1917's second place odds are in original score, Harriet, Stand Up, the song from Harriet, is plus 525. Uh, Frozen 2, Into the Unknown, is plus 900. Toy Story 4, I'm not going to let you throw yourself away. <laughs> plus 12,500. And uh, Breakthrough, I'm Standing With You, Poor Diane Warren, plus 3,300. The terrible Prince Michael. <laughs> Breakthroughs. We cannot interview that man. (laughs) No, never. He'll never accept it. I'm standing with you plus 3,300. That makes me a little happier. (laughs) The world sounds a little more sane. We're both going with Rocket Man here, though. Not only are we, but so is Schmave. Okay, cool. Film editing, Parasite is minus 125. Ford v. Ferrari is plus 100. Even odds, you just told me. I thought that was yeah. cool. I, I should have just played it cool. There's some lingo. I should have just been like, yeah, even odds. You're excited. Even odds. <laughs> the Irishman at plus 850. Jojo Rabbit is plus 2,500. And Joker's plus 2,800. The best editing award is going to who, Michael? It's really tough to not pick Parasite for this. Especially if you have any hopes for kind of a best picture win, I think. Mm-hmm. Much the same I asked you about original screenplay for Hollywood. Is there any world in which Parasite doesn't win this and still wins Best Picture? No. I, I don't think so. I think I, I do think the coattail nominations got to come in. I think so, too. At some point, you have to have a show of strength in the Oscars puzzle. I would be very surprised to see Parasite win Best International Film and Best Picture and nothing else. Yeah. Right? Can you yeah, imagine? No, I'm with, yeah. Can you Making imagine it won two awards on the night, those two? <laughs> that would make no sense. Like, Green Book won original screenplay mm-hmm. and a supporting actor and Best Picture. Did it win anything else? I don't remember, but I, I, I you know. You just described Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's resume, potentially. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but it, Green Book wasn't nominated for 11 or 10. What's Hollywood nominated Ten. for? Ten. 10. There's so many numbers going on right now. I am picking Parasite, <laughs> though. I'm keeping it alive for Best Picture. I think Ford v. Ferrari is something I might, at the last second, change it back to. But those odds are, are definitely going in the wrong direction. If I was hardcore rooting for Ford v. Ferrari and looking to get some value... Much in the same way about animated feature category, if I was the same for Klaus, thinking it could pull off the episode, I would be furious with these odds. I would be like, God damn it, it's not fair that if you're not going to put it as the betting favorite, you're not giving me any money back on the value because it's one-to-one. It's whatever you pay in is what you're going to get back on a win. So mm. just betting on a second place. If you're betting on something that's not the category favorite, to have to pay even money or to pay in advance on the value like you're doing in the case of Klaus, I would be furious just as a gamble if I was betting on either of those or looking to make money on either of those. Interesting. I wouldn't guess that. No. I would I would have guessed. It's not like, the category right. favorite. Give me money back. I'm yeah. taking the risk here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, that's yeah. how I feel about it. But um, that's why Vegas makes money. And, and again, I, I yell into a microphone. And I would say, well, I don't lose that much if I bet that category. <laughs> I turn into an old grandmother just saying, I'll put $10 on that one. Those are the ones that clean up at the casinos, by the way. So your mindset might be perfect for this. Who are you picking, Mike? I'm going to pick Parasite for this as well. For Pretty much similar reasons. I think it has a chance to win Best Picture. I don't think it has a chance to win Best Picture. But I think there's a path to it's getting to Best Picture. Even though I think the Academy is going to... I think there's a section of the Academy that's going to keep Parasite from winning Best Picture. I've said that all year. I have to stand for something at some point in this godforsaken existence, Mike. (laughs) It's an existential breakdown of these predictions. I wouldn't stand for that. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) These people... Are flawed, <laughs> and they're still flawed, <laughs> and they won't pick this cool movie. Uh, just as a means of something intriguing, Schmave may be the smartest man in the room. He does pick Ford v Ferrari for film editing. If Schmave's gonna beat us, <laughs> probably, and then we're every all long going shot to wins. Hang our heads in shame forever. That's another insufferable winner, though. I'm, I'm very afraid of. What, what you, okay, well, Schmave. Yeah, no, you should be. <laughs> I, I've seen it. It's not fun for anybody. <laughs> Costume design, Michael. Little Women, the favorite, minus 350. Jojo Rabbit in second place at 3 to 1 or plus 300. Hollywood at plus 600. You heard Raphael's take on them in this category. Joker, long shot, setting the pace back there at plus 4,500 or 45 to 1. And the Irishman, similarly, plus 4,750 or 47.5 to 1. So this is interesting. We got 1970s outfits, and we got Nazi uniforms, and we got really beautiful dresses. Mm. We got three... Movies with a betting chance, most yeah. likely here. So th- this is fascinating. We both have different answers for once. We do. You're going with Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, I just, this is one of the ones I just, I have nothing much to base it on. I don't think Hollywood is going to have an overly successful night. Mm-hmm. I think that's safe, even though I predicted it for everything. But you know my <laughs> real feelings about that if you've been listening. Boy, if people don't listen to this episode and just see our predictions that we put out, I'm going to look like a crazy person. <laughs> I probably am. I saw this is a big moment of revelation and clarity for me. <laughs> anyway, I'll pick Jojo Rabbit. I kind of like the value you get with this bet as well. You're getting three to one on something that's in second place. Little Women hasn't swept this category, <laughs> so there's reason to think something else might sneak in. Uh, and 
I'm not picking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even though their odds aren't that outlandish. So I'm still can be classified as a regular human being. And I'm going to go with the rightful winner of the category, Little Women. And not just for the dresses. It's actually Timothy Chalamet's get get ups. And, Good point. Uh, you know, a lot of the suits were Chris Cooper suit, yep. dashing. I mean, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought that was the clear winner. It's There's a historical precedent for uh, the category going in this direction. So... I'm all about Little Women there. I just found out I'm on the same side as Schmave as well. He, too, picking Jojo Rabbit. Big fans of... No, I'm not going to nope, finish that don't drop. Finish anyway, that one. Makeup and hairstyling, Mike. What do we got? Bombshells minus 1,000. Heavy favorite, but not heavy enough, according to Raphael. That yeah, was interesting. I agree with him. Joker is plus 500. Judy is plus 1,500. 1917 is plus 2400 and Maleficent is plus 3300. Again, Raphael was surprised to see it at the as the long shot there. Bombshell, heavy favorite, but Joker at 5 to 1 and Judy at 15 to 1 have an outside chance, right? This might be the heaviest lock that you can get the best value as far as making money with because there's no reason to believe anything but Bombshell will win this based on precedent, based on how awards season's okay, gone so Okay, so you far. don't buy that Joker and Judy have a shot here. The only thing I would hesitate on is if Joker has the upset best picture win out of nowhere. It's like you said for Parasite earlier. It has right. to win somewhere else right. other than Joaquin Phoenix. So I think that's what that number represents. It is an eleven nominated movie. It's gonna. It has a chance at winning Best Picture, even though it kind of doesn't. Like we've been commenting on all along here, so I would just be wary of that. But if I'm going to place money on a heavy favorite right now, where I have a chance at not having to, you know, loan my car to somebody in order to have it be as uh, what's that word? Collateral. <laughs> oh, um, I would. You could make some money, I think, on Bombshell here at minus one thousand. Because I agree with Raphael, it should be like a minus ten thousand favorite. Wow! So if you put five hundred bucks on Bombshell, you win what? You win uh, fifty bucks. That's terrible. It's not good. I didn't say it was good. I would. I didn't say it's a smart bet. So you have to. I bet just a said thousand... if you're betting on a heavy favorite, you have to bet a thousand. Okay, so now I get the odds whole thing. It is again. I hear this over and over again. <laughs> the third year, the fourth explanation, and now it's finally registering in my brain. You You'll have get there to bet a thousand dollars to get a hundred dollars. Yeah. It's That's not great, Mike. This is horrible. Vegas has these beautiful buildings for a reason. <laughs> but I guess maybe if you got the $1,000, you probably win in $100. You would think. You would <laughs> but I'm not think. going to bet on this because I'm scared well, still. I'm going to pick this in our our little prediction show here for no dollars. I'm going to predict <laughs> Bombshell, and I'm going to say it in a confident voice. I like it. I, I like too this. will pick Bombshell. Once again, Schmave will end up being the smartest man in the room, picking Judy, Judy. in this category. Sound editing, Michael, 1917's a minus, at minus 300. Ford v. Ferrari is plus 180. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, plus 2,500. Joker, plus 2,700. Star Wars, plus 3,000. So this seems to be between 1917 and Ford v. v. Ferrari for sound editing. It's pretty much how it's been between those two movies, we think, for a long time now. So that's not too surprising to see it play out. 1917 in Best Picture is a bit of a heavier favorite in that category than it is in this one. Hmm. It's minus 320 there, it's minus 300 here. The second place odds in Best Picture are Parasites plus 250. The odds are less for the second place movie here in Ford v. Ferrari, so it, it's closer to even, which makes me think there's more money on Ford v. Ferrari in this category than there is Parasite in Best Picture, which is just a way of explaining why these odds are so different, even though the top odds for the leader in the category are so similar. Um... It's been these two movies all year for this category, mm -hmm, for probably mm -hmm. both sound categories, actually. 
1917 just on a whim. I don't think Ford v. Ferrari is a dumb bet whatsoever, though. 1917 is also my pick. Now the question is, for the predictions episode, for the exercise, for sound mixing, do you also go at 1917? What are the odds, Mike? The odds are minus 300 for 1917 for this as well. Ford v. Ferrari is in second place, again, with a bit of a longer shot at plus 225 versus the plus 180 in sound editing. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood stands at 20 to 1 or plus 2,000. At Astra is 33 to 1 or plus 3,300. Joker as well, 33 to 1 or plus 3,300. And we want to make mention these odds are no longer from Raphael. Yes, good point. These aren't the my bookie odds. These last five categories five or six categories all from oddschecker.com <sighs> sound mixing so again the editing is the creation of the sound the mixing is putting the sound into the movie itself with the other dialogue and music and whatever going on it's only been Perhaps. three years but i find <laughs> no it's like so if you bet 500 what sound does it make <laughs> I'm getting confused. The sound- gr- it sounds like a grown man crying, Michael, is what it sounds like in my I'm experience. So anyway, confused. <laughs> no, I've just forgot it. I just forgot what both these categories mean. The editing is you. The, the mixing is the editing. That's the one thing that I remember. Yes. Yes. I've so read mixing this. is putting it into the movie. I have read articles on this. I've read it. I've done my research, and I still don't get it. I'm Wait. like the Mad TV skit. I don't get it. <laughs> You what remember a, that skit? What a callback. Uh, I, uh, vaguely. <laughs> I just don't get it. <laughs> a sneeze guard. Um, what are you, are you going 1917 for both sound categories? I am. And I could totally see Ford v. Ferrari getting one. But which one? I don't even know what they mean. <laughs> and I do this, you know, with, with intensity. I do this. <laughs> I should know. I'm going to go 1917 as well for both of them. I do think 1917 can lose a sound category and win Best Picture. Do you believe that, or do you think they have to sweep here? No, it could totally win Best Picture without winning without both winning sound yeah, categories. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, that's That I don't get, because... That I don't require, let me say, because 1917 is winning other undercard, you know... Yeah, I, I agree, other things. undercard categories. Uh, Schmave going with 1917 for editing... So he's picking the favorite for editing, sound okay. editing, and then picking the longest of long shots for sound mixing, plus 3,300 Joker. So he likes <laughs> so to mix it up give, a little bit. Did you give him the odds? Uh, no. Okay. No, I didn't give him any information. I just gave him a list of nominees and told him to pick. Okay, cool. International feature. Making your brother look stupid, but cool. <laughs> International feature, parasites at minus 10,000. It's you, so he'll love it. Oh, that also mic is so funny. Ten thousand. So, all right. So you have to bet ten thousand yeah. dollars to win a hundred dollars. Who is doing that? So basically, the only person. Can I borrow ninety eight hundred dollars? Because nobody's doing that. You got to really bet a, a, a million dollars to win anything of substance. There, it gets to the point where. Like, let's say the old school Warriors were playing this year's Hawks or something, you know? Okay. It gets to a point where they won't even offer, okay. you know, the money line. They won't even give you the option to pick that the Warriors won outright because they're such heavy favorites. This is boring. They'll let on you donate your money. They won't even, no, they won't even take it. They won't take oh, the bet because okay. they don't want to pay it out because it's such a sure thing. They don't, they don't want action on it. 
Gotcha. Uh, despite the odds being so high. I have seen an NBA game where the odds were minus 10,000, so this is like on the border of them not allowing and not taking money on the bet, but that's how heavy a favorite Parasite is in this category. So get your million in now, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to win $14. <laughs> you bid a million, you get a $3 steak dinner. <laughs> uh, Pain and Glory is plus 2,000. Honeyland is plus 2,500. Les Miserables mm-hmm. is plus 3,500. And Corpus Christi mm-hmm. plus 5,000. I'm going to go Corpus Christi. No, I'm picking Parasite for this, obviously. Of course. Uh, did Schmave. Let me see real quick. This is not in the order that we're going in, so this has been like a Where's Waldo exercise for me. Yes, he did pick Parasite, proving that he does listen to us once in a while. Documentary feature, Michael. American Factory is the favorite still at minus 120 for Samas. In second place, you'll be happy to hear that, at plus 150. Honeyland stands at 10 to 1 or plus 1,000. The Cave is 6,600 or 66 to 1. The Edge of Democracy, I'm surprised the Edge of Democracy is at the back of this category. Uh, it's such a long shot at 80 to 1 or plus 8,000, Michael. I am going with Forsama. I was looking for a reason to go for it. I, I think it won a lot of precursors that I, I really put stock in. I, I think Forsama is by far the best movie of this group, in my opinion. I don't think American Factory is close. I think the fact that you have a bona fide real life hero that's going to be at the Oscars sitting next to you. Yeah. In the documentary film this for section. A while. It makes a lot of sense. They, how can you pick against her? Anybody who's seen this movie, I mean, anybody who's seen this movie, pick the hero. If the movie, if it's close, Christ almighty. Then again, you got the Obamas. Right. I mean, <laughs> the the Obama, if the Obamas show up, that's a big uh, photo I don't know if the cave hurts it here, but the cave being such a long shot and Forsama jumping into that number two spot for me. And the odds moving, the mm. odds moving in its favor. Basically, I'm now going to go with one of my first underdogs on the card. And I, I, I know I've been boring picking the favorites all the way through. Well, just but about. these favorites this year are pretty established. It's hard to pick against most of them. This is one where I'm going to go with a... With Getting a little value on your bet. I like it. For some. Getting $1.50 back for every dollar you bet. I like that. Schmave is going to pick the cave. Uh <laughs> I'll tell you what I learned. Did he do it just because it rhymed with Schmave? Probably. <laughs> I'll tell you what I learned from that Hollywood Reporter article, other than my theory about people having bias against non-American films. Okay, yeah, that was there. for true. Um, I learned that some people abstain from voting when they don't see the movies. Mm-hmm. I wonder how widespread that notion is. Yeah, I don't know. That's I don't question. either. We know... It hasn't been wide enough to keep some films from winning certain categories because of Heaven is a Freeway on the 405, the Kobe movie, etc. We, we know for a fact that people have voted for movies that they don't have not seen. <laughs> I'm going to go with that this year in this category. I'm going to say Honeyland as my prediction for oh, wow. win. Solely because it's nominated twice. And I think there might be some people who haven't seen any of these and just vote for... Now again, if the Obamas show up, maybe that swings things i voted for you and get their picture opportunity but i'm gonna go honeyland just be, solely because it's nominated twice and nothing to do with the merit of any film in this category. 10 to 1 odds yeah wow well let's uh stick with documentaries now we'll go to the documentary short subject michael learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl is minus 1000 are heavy. you surprised it's that heavy of a favorite no I'm not surprised. Okay. Even though I've heard a lot of buzz on In the Absence, mm. which is plus 800, St. Louis Superman, plus 1,000. A lot of pundits are on that one. Life Overtakes Me 
is a rough watch. <laughs> Four, plus 1,400. And Walk Run Cha-Cha is way too happy to be anything but the long shot in this category at plus 3,300. I get that. Go listen to the Mike, Mike, and Oscars award show. Michael did award this category, having <laughs> seen all these already. Uh, and he did give it to Walk Run Cha-Cha as well. You were very happy with that. It's movie. my favorite yeah. of the group, even though I think uh, learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl is going to win. I haven't seen the shorts yet, so I'm truly guessing blind. Just because it's that heavy a favorite, I will follow your lead. And I don't have any other reason to suspect it's anything else in this category. I don't think there's any celebrity attachment to any of these shorts that can persuade it one way or the other. And they're not about California. So it otherwise, that would persuade my vote. <laughs> Now, does it have the coolest title though? If you if you haven't seen these St. Louis Superman is a dope title. That's a cool title. <laughs> Just, uh, that's the one I was thinking about picking. Walk Run Cha Cha is kind Walk of Walk Run Cha Cha is a cool title as well. In the absence, life overtake. These are five great titles for this category. But learning to skateboard has a cool title too. Learning to skateboard in a war zone. Yeah. Parentheses. If you're that's a pretty cool title. It's a great. It does title. sound like like a band's third album. You know. Cool punk like emo emo blues band's yes, third album. Very good. <laughs> it's the title of their album. Schmave also picking learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl. We have two categories left, Michael. What do we have for the live action short film? Brotherhood is minus two twenty-five. The neighbor's window is plus two hundred. Soraya, excuse me, is plus eleven 1, hundred. A sister is plus eleven 1, hundred. And Nefta Football Club is the long shot at plus 1,600, which is a huge surprise to me. I thought that would have been, I had a better chance because it's got that fun ending. Now, I, you know, Feinberg's going with the neighbor's window as of beginning of the week. Mm -hmm. I just watched both Brotherhood and the neighbor's window. And I think Brotherhood is the better film. Now, the neighbor's window is a close enough, I mean, at two to one, it's, it's pretty, it's right there. Right. I might change this at the last second. Right now I'm going with Brotherhood because it's my gut, because there's some great shots. There's a dad running through the woods. Wow. What, what, a, what, a, what a terrific job in terms of cinematography right there. So other than Nefta Football Club, you're not necessarily surprised to see the way the odds say rank these movies, or these nominations, I should say. The Neighbor's Window is by far the most accessible movie here. It's, it's in English. It's about a married you know, New York couple or city dwelling couple. I don't know if they're in New York actually, but it's just about an American married couple. Whereas mm. I think the other four are all international films. So maybe that has something to do with it. We'll, we'll find that out. So the neighbor's window, if it wins, subtitles have a way to go. Maybe <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, that's the one American movie there. I think brotherhood is the pick for Schmave in this category. So unbeknownst to him, he picks the category favorite as well. Hmm. I'll go with the neighbor's window just to be different. He picked Brotherhood because you and him are brothers, and he's and doing I'm, this for you. I'm staying away from it. He's doing this for me, nothing. He begged to be included in this, and I said, we'll do our best to get it in. But I do appreciate the Snorting. effort that he did get these get these predictions to us on right, time. Right. But I will go with the neighbor's window. It's the last category here, animated short film, the 24th award, the one we've all been waiting for, Michael. In all seriousness, you have hyped up a couple of these selections in the most recent months, so let's go through them. Hair Love is the favorite, minus 187. Kickball at plus 225. Memorable stands at 14 to 1 or 1400, as does Sister. And then there was a fifth one, DeSara, parentheses daughter. We couldn't find odds for what do we think about the final category here? Going with hair love, 
I don't know how to choose between those two movies. Yeah. They're really good, except one is, is a human being that I should love, and the other <laughs> is an animal that I should love. And I should love the human being more. And I, I, putting myself in the shoes, I should love my daughter more than I love my dog. But I don't have a daughter yet. It's right. all hypothetical. Right. My, I think I love my dog a lot. <laughs> Which is not hypothetical. It's not hypothetical. This is a good ex- explanation. You're getting through your this mind here. This is a sad explanation, <laughs> but I'm going to go with Hair Love because it's terrific. Which one is Pixar? Well, Kipple is Disney. It's, an, it's on Disney Plus if you want to watch it right now. Hair Love you can watch on YouTube right now. I will go with the Disney one. Okay. <laughs> I will pick Kipple strictly because it's Disney. Uh, and Schmave, to wrap things up here, an animated short is going to pick Kipple as well. So, see, I split the baby. I go gotcha. against Schmave in one category and with him in another short category. He knows as much about these shorts as I do currently <laughs> as well. So that's where we land. Those are our official predictions. So far. For Oscar Sunday. We will see how it shakes out. Again, like Mike said, Sunday morning or afternoonish at some point, but well before the Oscars go live, we will have our final episode of the week. But prior to that, we got one more special guest coming to review all things Oscars here mm-hmm. and talk with us, uh, which we are very, very excited for. I can't wait to share with you guys. We want to hear your thoughts. Obviously, we want to hear your predictions as well as your input about some of these lines and odds and anything that Raphael said to us. I uh, want to give a thank you once again to Raphael Esparza. Mike, where can we find his work? At VSI Doc Sports. That's D O C S P O R T S. That's his Twitter handle, VSI Doc Sports. Then he is Rafael Esparza, A-E-L-E-S-P-A-R-Z-A on Instagram. You can read and view, and view all of his odds on mybookie.ag and docsports.com. That's D-O-C-S-P-O-R-T-S. And finally, make sure you subscribe to his YouTube channel, Rafael Esparza, free sports picks and predictions. I told him once we got done with the interview on air, off air, I, I said to him, I think this is the beginning of a terribly beautiful friendship between <laughs> dangerous us. Friendship. Very dangerous for me yeah. and my wallet. Our brand. My loved ones. You, by me. proxy. <laughs> so we'll see where this all goes. Am I a Dina Menzel in this <laughs> situation? Do you have a $10 bill I can borrow? <laughs> Guys, we want to hear from you. Leave us your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about this or anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts. If you have a podcast platform, if you type in Mike, Mike, and Oscar, you should see our cartoon faces. And if you do not, please let us know. A lot more coming this week. We could still use those five-star reviews if yes, you wouldn't please. mind on Apple podcast specifically uh it will take you about 10 seconds to do just type our name into the search tap on our logo scroll down once and hit the five stars thank you for those that do and have michael we kind of already previewed what's coming next but what about some words of wisdom to get us out of here on it is wise to watch those animated shorts people go and watch them they're, get on that. Yeah. they're really fun and uh yeah it's it's time we're here we have made our predictions we have seen all the movies we have you know, expert guests coming through mm. here. If you have any doubts about the Oscars, if you have any curiosities about the Oscars, if you're just coming to us today, we have done an entire year's worth of programming building up to this. So I do think it is wise to go in our back catalog. 200 and some odd episodes just in this just year Just this year. From last year's Oscars. We've grown. 
we, we've gotten somewhat better at this, slight, <laughs> slightly better at this, and uh, we've covered the hell out of it. We've had a lot of fun doing it, so whether you agree with us or not, hopefully you have fun listening to our back catalog. we got the Oscar Sprint Profiles, the Category Reviews, the Oscar Race Checkpoints, the MMO Weeklies, all those series, not to mention the Tarantino Rewatch, Joker Character Study, and the films of Pixar, our three rewatches we did this year as well. On a scale of one to wise, as those words are very wise, by correlation, how wise would you say it is for people to risk everything they have on the predictions that we have made here today? This is why I didn't like Uncut Gems. And I loved <laughs> Uncut Gems. I watched Uncut Gems twice. I'm like, this is a great movie. This mm-hmm. might be the best gambling movie of all time. Mm-hmm. It might be the greatest one ever. Mm-hmm. What's a better gambling movie than Uncut Gems? Maybe Rounders? Mm-hmm. I mean, Rounders is, uh, is more be. fun, yeah. I would say. But They're both very good. Uncut Gems might be the best one ever, and I hated every second of it. It made me so anxious. So I'm hearing, do it? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, when reality sucks, you can come watch these award shows, these movies, and hang out and probably lose money with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. Thank you for listening. I say it all in jest. Please be responsible and be safe and most of all, be legal out there. We will see you all very soon. See ya. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money.